Martha, I have a question for you. Yes. Would you rather have an unlimited marketing budget or a limited marketing budget? Of course. You know what I want to say, but you're making me think that that might not be the right answer. (laughs) Well, stay tuned. We'll see what Kevin has to say in the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Bank Marketing Today by Via. I am Alan Greer, and together with Martha France, we are interviewing bank marketing leaders about current trends, new marketing technologies, branding, and the overall state of the banking industry. We will be joined from time to time by additional co-hosts and experts. Today's episode features Kevin Makowitz, Vice President and Marketing Director, Wealth and Asset Management at Fifth Third Bank, along with Candy O'Connor, also joining us as co-host of this episode. We hope this episode of Bank Marketing Today will help simplify your marketing tomorrow. Hello, I'm Candy O'Connor, and today Alan Greer and I are talking to Kevin Makowitz, Vice President and Marketing Director, Wealth and Asset Management at Fifth Third Bank. Welcome to the Bank Marketing Podcast, Kevin. Thanks very much, Candy. I really appreciate the invite and the opportunity to be here. Furthermore, I really like the welcome. Come into our branches. We welcome you with Welcome to Fifth Third. So it feels good. Good. So for any of our listeners who may not be familiar with Fifth Third Bank, Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about the organization and your role there? Yeah, absolutely. A, a little bit about Fifth Third in bank speak, right? A diversified financial services company with a rich history. We date back over 1858, uh, the year 1858. Diversified financial services company is just fancy bank speak for saying that we operate four main businesses, commercial banking, retail branch banking, consumer lending, and wealth and asset management. We do operate in a retail locations in a 10-state footprint. We have over 1,100 branches. We have approximately 2,500 ATMs um, in those states as well, not to mention the 53,000 free ATMs that we, our customers have access to. So just a small bank. Small bank, right. right. <laughs> no. um, but my role- A lot going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and my role as is, is Vice President and Marketing Director for Wealth and Asset Management um, essentially has me overseeing the responsibilities for Fifth Third Private Bank, Institutional and our insurance services divisions, partnering with those businesses to provide them the support they need. I'm always interested on how people get to where they are in their jobs and in their careers. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about how you got into marketing in the first place? For me, I had a a passion for sales. My, My background had been sales and marketing is really an extension of sales. And I was presented with a really unique opportunity as a branch manager to move into the marketing department here at Fifth Third and support our retail franchise. And in that role, it enabled me to learn about marketing and learn that discipline uh, while leveraging my sales background. And so I think the the core of my sales background has really been leveraged all the way through my marketing uh, experience here with the bank. And and I I could be more grateful for the opportunity to have transitioned into marketing because it was not something that I aspired to do. It just kind of organically happened. I mean, it's something that um, has been very good to me. So I really enjoy it. That's great. Very fascinating. And, um, you know, I'm kind of wondering, how do you get through the process of marketing at Fifth Third uh, from the beginning of ideation on, on a new idea or a new project, kind of all the way through completion? Can you kind of walk us through how you do that? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great question. Taking something from brand new idea or concept all the way through the, the, the funnel is a challenge, but I think ideation initially comes from listening. It's listening to 
the field or field salespeople, so back to my roots, right? right. Um, but it's also listening to the customer and, and understanding what needs are out there, partnering with your business to understand what is the what is the challenge that we need to try to solve on behalf of the customer? What is it that they need and how do we kind of bring that to light? And then, right, you can come up with what the problem is. Now you got to solve for it. What is it that we're going to put in place to um, solve that problem for that customer and benefit the, you know, we're a for-profit organization. Banks are for-profit, right? So sure. how is it that yeah. we're going to help the shareholder as well? And so the way in which uh, I really try to, to bring those ideas is, is leverage the people on our teams. We have very talented team members. It's not any one individual. So leveraging uh, the folks in the different departments within our marketing department, our broader marketing department, to leverage their expertise. Tell them what the issue is. Let them come back with all of their years of experience to help solve and, and bring forth ideas to the business that's going to help them be successful. And that's really how I think you have to do it. You've got to listen. You've got to collaborate with the team. And ultimately, you've got to make strong recommendations. Sure. So a lot of marketers are focused on sales enablement right now. You know, that's a hot topic. Can you tell us a little bit about how you work with sales? A absolutely. Because as I said at the at the onset, right, sales is near and dear. Uh, I, I live and breathe it today. I, I view marketing as uh, just an extension of sales. Um, sales is going to be successful not in large part due to the marketing efforts, but the marketing efforts are going to play a significant role in how the sales team achieves their, their goals and their success. And so for, for me, back to understanding what sales needs to be successful, I, I've said, and I think you've heard me say, there's, there's no such thing as an unselfish act. So it's the help me, help you, help me. I don't want to create any sales enablement tool. I don't want to create any collateral or uh, materials that one would need if they're not going to use it, that serves nobody any good. Um, and so it's, it's really making sure that I can emphasize to our internal sales partners that I am an extension of their team and that they should view me as such so that I can deliver them the best product back to them so that they will then be in the best possible position to have success in sales with their customers. Because ultimately, they are trying to communicate and solve a problem for their customer. If we can put them in the best possible position to do that, the customer wins, the employee wins, the organization wins. And so that's really, if I could emphasize it enough, it's, it's, it's that listening, it's communicating again with the business, and ultimately making sure that we are viewed as an extension of the sales team. And that's how I, I view myself and implore my team to do as well on a daily basis. How do you engage and manage partners that you that you rely on, and then what do you think they should bring to the table when they're when they're working with with Fifth Third? Yeah, great question. I think lots of people struggle with how to leverage an external partnership, and I think when I say struggle, maybe they don't feel that they're struggling. Maybe they're underutilizing the partnership because I do think that any partner that I bring in, any air quotes here, vendor that I bring in needs to be a partner for me Sure. Right. in the same way that I want to be an extension of the sales team. I view our partners as an extension of my team and things work a lot better when people have shared goal, common interests, right? And they're aligned. And by treating 
the external partners and our, our vendor partners as true working partners, I feel that we are able to gain more scale within our teams to get more work done and to get good work done. And I do find that when you are partnering with external resources who feel valued in the partnership, they are more likely to proactively come to you with additional solutions and be there in a pinch, potentially. That happens from time to time, right? We end up in <laughs> all the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know? right. And so it's it's that it's like any other relationship that you might have with a friend or otherwise, if everybody feels good about it and are working together, common goals and uh, then then great. It's you're gonna get good outcomes and good good results collectively as a team. What should they bring to the table? For me, it's going to be that proactivity. I want them to be proactive coming to us with ideas. What are things that you're seeing? Not asking for intel on other companies or things like that, but what are you seeing that's out there? You're closer to other industries, other organizations. You're you're going to have a potentially different perspective than we are. The same way that we leverage our internal partnerships, I would be looking to leverage an external partnership for expertise. And it doesn't mean that we want to be sold everything under the sun. At times, that's going to be appropriate. But at other times, just a little bit of, hey, we were thinking about this or, hey, we were thinking about that. That's how we reciprocate that partnership. And that's what I'd be looking for. Good. Good. So in research that we recently conducted specific to banking was um, how strategic marketing is. And one of the executives from another bank talked about how the marketing department had been seen as an order taker when she first joined the company. Have you seen this dynamic over your career in, in banking or do you have any insights to share with us on how to overcome this? Never. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, think, I think anybody who's worked in marketing, period, has experienced this at some point whether it's one specific partner. Um, I'm very fortunate. I, our CMO here, Matt Jockus, he talks about the, the need to market with the big M versus the little M. Um, little M marketing is, we need this flyer, go create said flyer. Big M marketing is what we've kind of been talking about already. And that is, what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Let us go away, come back and present a solution. And so definitely have experienced um, the order taker components of things. And at times, quite honestly, it's appropriate. It, it, it absolutely is. So I don't think people should always necessarily fear for the somebody asked me for this. I don't want it to deliver that because, again, if we're listening to sales and we're listening to the customer, sometimes we should just take said order and deliver it and deliver it on time. And that's going to be good enough. That's not most of the work that we do. But I do think sometimes it should not be lost on us. That that's appropriate, too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I just have a question about kind of, a, you know, acquisitions is a big thing in the banking industry. Can you elaborate any on your experience with acquisitions in the past? Yeah. So I have I have two acquisition examples. The, the first one uh, isn't necessarily as related to marketing, but it is related to my background. And, and I wouldn't be here at Fifth Third Bank today if it wasn't for the acquisition that Fifth Third made back in the, I guess it would be the early 2000s, where they acquired RG Crown Bank uh, oh, down in, yeah. the, uh, in the Florida marketplace. And that gave me the opportunity through some um, mutual colleagues who had left our previous employer and had gone to Fifth Third, had reached out. And um, it was a great opportunity. So that's one experience. And it's been great. So I'm uh, thoroughly glad that happened. Sounds like an easy one, too. <laughs> Absolutely, right? I got, I got the slide in after all the hard work was, was done. 
Now, after that acquisition, unfortunately, the recession took place and, and bank acquisitions really slowed down. Um, they've now since begun to pick up. We recently merged with MB Bank, a, a wonderful institution in the Chicago marketplace, uh, fantastic reputation. And, and the, the team, the marketing team at, at MB does some really phenomenal work. And so as we try to bring two organizations together, there's the standard to live up to there. And, sure. and so, and bringing those two together. And so I did play a role, um, a very small role as I see it uh, in the acquisition um, and really the conversion of the acquisition with respect to marketing. And, and my role was on the merger communications team, focusing on uh, the website and making sure that the website delivered upon what we were putting out in not only the regulatory pieces, but also um, in the welcome kits that we had designed. So you want to make sure that what they're seeing show up in the mailbox is representative of what they're going to find online. And then taking it a step further when they come to the to the website, that there is additional information so that they could self-help and, and answer questions and, and really feel comfortable about what was transpiring through the point of the conversion. I think selfishly. We did a great job. The organization really, I think, delivered half of uh, the MB clientele, which are now the, the fifth third clientele. And, and really my, my role feels very insignificant to a lot of the work that goes into an acquisition when you think about all the data and all of the systems and the merging of all of that stuff together. But when you're ultimately touching the customer, at a very sensitive time, I think I can reflect back and say that the, the marketing team and the communications work group played a very important role as we were the ones responsible for putting that information in their hands. Oh, I bet. You're probably underplaying that a little bit. I think marketing has got to have a huge role in any kind of acquisition and communicating that message out. And it's, yeah, I think that's just so important. So anyway, kudos to you. Well, thank it's got to be a lot of work. <laughs> a ton of work. Yeah, by, by a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Sure it is. Sure it is. <laughs> It's time for a quick sponsor break. We'll be right back with more from Kevin Makowitz. Leading banks partner with VIA to implement compliant multi-channel marketing initiatives. VIA offers a full range of integrated marketing resource management tools and services to help banks simplify marketing operations and make time for strategic endeavors. To learn more, visit viasystems.com at vyasystems.com or request a demo at viasystems.com slash bank marketing. What do you think is your largest marketing challenge here at Fifth Third? Yeah, I mean, just biggest marketing challenges in general. Doesn't everybody just say money? Yeah. I mean, right? I, can, I can take the easy one. Um, right. No. Okay, I, next question. Yeah. No, I think, you know, skip money, right? Because I, I actually do think a lot of people do say money and you can throw money at problems, but good money after bad doesn't make any sense. And so right. I think sometimes as, as marketers, we get challenged to work within a, a, a certain budget and it might not be the budget we want, but that's really where you learn to, to optimize, make the tough decisions, the things that you ultimately wouldn't do. If people just kept giving you more money, you don't have to maybe make as many hard decisions. And so true. That, that's one aspect. But I would say in, in bank marketing and, and really probably marketing in general, uh, it would be the rate and pace of change with technology. Okay. And in bank marketing specifically, heavily regulated, historically conservative, we don't generally move as fast when it comes to some of the technologies that are out there. And so that is a, that is a challenge because the customer wants the Amazon experience whether they're getting a mortgage, a yeah. checking account, 
or anything of the sort. And so you can talk about digitizing everything. When you look at these very large institutions, there are lots of systems, there's lots of security, there's lots of regulation, there's just lots there that if you were a consumer packaged good company, you wouldn't necessarily have to deal with in the way in which we do. And so that's a challenge to continue to meet the customer's expectation, even though all of us in the industry are facing that same challenge. It's still one of those things that I look at as a significant challenge to the industry as a whole. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We hear that from a lot of industries, of course, about the Amazon experience and even in our own you know, industry. I mean, it's something that's impacted us all significantly um, with their model. So, Kevin, where do you see your bank and the bank industry headed? Great question. Having just received our national charter, I'm very, very excited for the journey that lies ahead for us here at Fifth Third. It's a really big it's step. exciting, for, yeah. Yeah, very big step for us. As for the industry, I would bet that we are going to continue to see kind of a contraction in the marketplace, not a new statement. People have been predicting it forever. I'm not going on a limb and making any type of prediction here. Um, but when you look across the, the number of banks that exist today, somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000, and you look at how lopsided it is with those that are at the top, the trillionaires, and you come down to the nationals and the super regionals, there's, there is a about 20 quote unquote big size banks. And then there's 4,900 and change, much, much smaller banks. And I think that community banks are really important, but I don't think that we are going to have a need for long-term almost 5,000 banks. And so I think we'll continue to see the, the contraction. You look at the, the merger between SunTrust and BB&T to become truest, their statement without quoting it or citing it specifically was the genesis for that was so that they could get scale back in technology and the investment that it would take, the two organizations would be better together than they would be separately to try to pursue that. And so I think we're going to see other institutions do the same thing. Yeah. So Kevin, can you tell us today what you're most excited about in marketing? The, the rapid pace of change is just a phenomenal opportunity for people to get the opportunity to do things differently. And your career can look wildly different in five years because of everything that is changing. And so the opportunity to learn, learn those new tricks, air quotes again, that, that are coming into our space in, in bank marketing and marketing in general, it just creates opportunity. And so the, the ability to constantly learn, I, I love to just read different things, uh, podcasts, et cetera. So all of the change is leading to just more and more of that. And I, I just, I feel a great value in being able to, to constantly learn. Yeah, it's a great segue because you know, I'm kind of curious, everybody, depending on what industry you're in, they kind of have their own ways of learning the industry. Where, where do you go for, you, you just mentioned podcasts and things like that, but where do you go to learn about uh, marketing, whether it's banking or anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm a believer that you you have to keep learning and gaining experience to remain relevant. Head coaches in sports, they're constantly changing the the way in which they game plan, the, the defense they run, the type of offense they run, et cetera. And I think that as employees, we have to constantly be evolving and changing with the game. And in this particular instance, the game is, is bank marketing. I'm a member of the ANA, the Associate, National Association of Advertisers, or the Association yeah. of National Advertisers, I think is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I'll attend webinars that they put out. I'll read white papers that they put out. There are conferences and conferences in general are just a great opportunity. There are plenty of industry conferences 
whether you're supporting wealth and asset management or you're supporting mortgage, there's so many opportunities out there it's taking advantage of. And I'm very fortunate that, that here at Fifth Third, they do invest in our ability to continue to learn and develop and afford us the opportunities to, to participate in these. Additionally, I find great value in LinkedIn, being connected to yeah. good people, being connected uh, and following. Have we connected folks? yet? I don't know. If we... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, those connections can create opportunities to one, reach out and ask questions, meeting people at conferences, connecting on LinkedIn and leveraging that as a platform to ask a question every once in a while, if you have one, or even just for a recommendation of a book. I cheat. I do Audible, but Same books, here. Right? Um, a book's a book, right? A book is a book. <laughs> and, uh, and so I find really good value in that as well. And I, I just think it's a LinkedIn's a great platform for many reasons, but being able to hone in on things you're interested in and like-minded people is a, it's a good thing. Thank you for being our guest today, Kevin. This has been a great conversation. Ken and I both really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts on bank marketing today. Bye-bye. In the course of the interview, Candy mentioned the research report that we did last year, and that is available. Listeners are interested in downloading that free research report. They can go to viasystems.com slash strategic banking. Martha, got a question. So now that you have heard what Kevin has to say about resource constraints and help with creativity, what do you as a marketer think about that? Oh, I think he's absolutely correct. You know, I also agree with his collaborative approach to problem solving and why it is beneficial to view marketing as an extension of the sales team. Sales and marketing do share a common goal, but it can be just so easy to forget with day-to-day requests. You know, Alan, like when you come to me at three o'clock and need something right away. You're not supposed to say that into public. (laughs) But then to his comments on maintaining consistent messaging, especially in the middle of an acquisition, that really resonates as well. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. Uh, Check us out for more episodes at viasystems.com. Be sure to subscribe. And via is V-Y-A, systems with an S, dot com. Thank you so much.